Being safe at home isn't something many people think about in their day-to-day lives. But in episode two in a three-part series on occupational therapy, we are going to explore ways to make your home safer. Joining us again for this series is Nicole Fetterman, an occupational therapist at Upland Hills Health. This is the Inspire Health podcast from Upland Hills Health. I'm Caitlin White. Well, today we are going to explore ways to make your home safer. And often events that challenge our independence are accidents in the home. Falls and fires are the first things that come to mind. Is this your experience too, Nicole? Yes. Being safe at home is like absolutely crucial for remaining in your own home. Therefore, being open to interventions and strategies to reduce safety hazards must be addressed in order to remain safe as possible. So it can be difficult to see any other options when all you or your loved one is seeing or experiences is like that difficulty of those normal daily tasks. And it's hard to get past like, I, there's, you know, what can I do? So OT comes into play here because they can help bridge those gaps. Having the right tools can make a world of a difference. And occupational therapists are excellent at finding them as well as training to use these interventions safely and properly. Absolutely. Well, let's go through your recommendations for a home safety checklist. Okay. So in this checklist, I'm going to stress that these recommendations really do depend on the person's individual, you know, need. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of them, but I always tell people when I'm giving recommendations, if you take even a couple of them, you know, and we always stress the most important because it is very, it can be overwhelming for patients. So I just want to stress that All of these are dependent on a patient's individual needs. So the first thing you want to do is I tell individuals, carry a phone. A lot of people have their cell phones now. So carry a phone with you at all times. And if there's not a phone or an ability to do that, we really stress to consider what's called Lifeline or a life alert system, which would be an emergency type button that you can push. So that's one of the big things that we look at. Those life alert systems have where like if you fall and you're unconscious, you can't call somebody for help. But it some of these systems have trigger system on them where if you fall, it's triggered by the fall and then it calls for help automatically. So that's one thing that we like to talk about every time. And then going through each area in the home as far as entries and hallways, we really try to look at every area in the home. So ensuring that good lighting outside your entrance going into your home, sensor lights to automatically turn it on or off. Choose an entrance that minimizes stairs to, so you can navigate, especially with an assistive device. If you have damaged or broken steps, try to get those repaired or unsafe pavement leading into the home, especially if you're using an assistive device such as a locker. You can mark the end of steps or thresholds with contrasting tape or even paint color to increase that awareness of the change in height. Consider adding a handrail, at least on one side, but ideally it's best to have them on each wall. Removing throw rugs or the use of, if you're not going with a floor rug when entering your home, you can use carpet tape along those edges. Um, you can have carpet stretched coming into a, an entranceway. So if you stretch it, it removes wrinkles and bumps. Also, having a Industrial type mat that's heavier is better than a flimsier type rug. I would recommend that or even using the carpet tape. Making sure those those paths are wide, especially in that high traffic area of your home to ensure that the walker fits through those doorways. So that's our entries and hallways. Entering into a living room, again, we would 
remove scatter rugs as much as possible and, and eliminate clutter on the floor surfaces. So place stuff on shelves or storage. I know it's hard a lot of times for us to think about removing things from our home. So if you think about donating an item, someone else is able to use that. So if you don't use it anymore, try to donate it or get it out of that area. Run cords behind furnishings. Only use extension cords as needed. So sitting in chairs that keep your knees lower than your hips. And by that, I mean, if you are sitting where your hips are lower than your knees, it's probably too low of a chair. And that's more difficult to get out of. So risers can be used to elevate your favorite sofa or chair because no one, you know, we go in and these chairs are... They've been there, and if you ask someone to remove that chair from their home, so there are options for that, too. There's lots of things out there, even building a platform. We've had families build platforms under these chairs to raise those chairs up so they can a person can continue to use their favorite chair. Adding just a foam cushion or a folded blanket to the seat if you need to raise yourself up. A lot of times, chairs are very deep for people, and it's difficult to get out of them, so Adding like a small pillow or a blanket roll behind your back if that chair is too long also helps. You can add a good old clapper light switch, you know, control to lamps. Or nowadays we have smart lighting that you can turn off and on lights with your voice. So rearranging furnishings too to allow quick access to a wall switch or lamps or window shades so that you can open the window without having to squeeze behind something and risk that fall. Moving coffee tables, if it's in the path of seating and using a walker, that's a big one. You know, having to move that either if we can make it wide enough, but sometimes it has to be removed right from the area so that you don't have to go sideways to your area of seating. In the kitchen, cabinets that are too high or too low, we try to educate on moving those items to shelves that are closest to the counter. It depends on the person's level of reach or bend, of course, but we want to try to get things within kind of like from your chin to your waist height for that safest reach. And then we you can add hooks to the walls for pots and pans that you frequently use so that we avoid using a step stool at all or even having to go way low in the bottom of cupboards to get those pots and pans. Making sure that counter space is available and clear of clutter, you know, just so you have a space to work. So moving a kitchen table sometimes closer to the counter for that additional workspace helps. We've recommended, you know, removing the leaf if it needs to be so you can move between the table with your assistive device. And other times we've actually recommended to move it closer to the wall to allow the ample space for the walker. So it just depends, again, on the configuration of the home. We've had rolling carts to add workspace that we can put in the center of kitchens so that there's that, so you're not having to move something. If you have a large kitchen from the counter all the way over to the table, so you've got that place in the middle for transporting goods. Changing a door on the fridge to the opposite side is appropriate for access. And that one is, comes up so often that we just go in and ask them to have the per, them switch the refrigerator door to the other side so that when you're opening it, it's accessing towards a countertop and not towards the wall. It's something simple as getting out that gallon of milk. So that comes up quite a bit. Again, removing scatter rugs, especially if you're using assistive device. You can have a standing mat at the kitchen sink. Those are usually pretty durable. They don't fold up as you walk across them, but that helps if you're doing a lot of um, counter work. So lighting, um, we have people increase wattage of bulbs to a, to the allowable level, of course, and we have added counter lighting, under counter lighting. So if you have pets, 
so for that kitchen area, because you're moving around a lot when you're making meals and doing things like that, sometimes adding a pet gate while working in that kitchen or even putting the animal, I mean, if it's an area where they can be outside or in their animal crate, it just depends on the person and how they feel about that. But we've got, you know, we've made those recommendations if it's a safety concern of the pet being under your feet. So moving on to the bedroom, again, eliminate clutter on the floor. Our bedrooms get kind of tight. We have, you know, usually smaller pathways. So keeping cords out of those pathways. We run into, again, having, we've recommended having the carpet stretched or, you know, if it's a huge concern, we've asked them to remove carpet if needed, depending on if they're they're using a wheelchair and it's hard to wheel into that bedroom, um, maybe changing that floor space altogether. So that is something in the bedroom that is important, especially when you're getting up at night to go to the bathroom. You don't want those uneven floor terrain there. So again, removing scatter rugs, but a lot of people want a rug at the side of their bed, especially if they don't have carpet. So again, a little bit of carpet tape or that heavy duty low pile utility mat with that non-skid back, you know, because that helps when getting out of bed from that slippery floor surface. So that has been something that individuals will have individuals do to stay safe at night. Adjusting the height of the bed, it depends on, of course, the person, but many times the bed is too low. So again, there's there's bed risers or blocks that you can put below a bed frame to raise the height. If the bed is too high, because many times we're seeing these very high mattresses and whatnot, we have had people remove the bed frame or just the caster wheel so they can be at a better height and not risk slipping off the edge of the bed. A lot of times they're agreeable to go to a lower profile mattress or a box spring, you know, the lower profile box springs as well. So there's lots of options. Replacing, you know, making sure actually that you place a cordless phone or a cell phone next to the bed or during naps. Or again, if you have that life alert, don't take it off and set on the nightstand. Those are made to be on. Many times we hear about a fall and the person's life alert was hanging on their bedpost or sitting on their nightstand. So you want to leave those on. They're, they're worried about them going off. So they're made to be worn. So we stress wear them. Placing a couple nightlights in the bedroom just to light up the room. Again, we always say kind of have a nightlight in the hallway, but people are using smart lights now. So that might just be the thing where you say, Alexa, light on just to get up and go to the bathroom. But nightlights are a very affordable fix to that. So just having a couple nightlights to light your way out of the bedroom into the hallway. And then once you are in the bathroom, many people just leave a small light on in the bathroom. Placing items on a bedside table or using that touch lamp again as the lighting, that can that can be something too. Uh, using a half bed rail that can slide between your mattress or back spring really does help for a person having trouble getting out of bed once we fall asleep at night. Many times we sit and up, it just again depends on the person, but having that bed rail to help them get up out of bed at, in the middle of the night has definitely been a good safety measure for people getting out of bed. For the staircases, again, and sugar lighting, we staircases can be really dark and then it's hard to see as you're trying to advance up the steps if you miss that step. So in adding at least one railing to the entire length of the wall. Of course, it's ideal on both sides. Eliminate the clutter. Don't place items on the steps. <laughs> we see that all the time. So try to keep items off your steps. I know we're going to put them on there to go up the steps, but oh, man. I'm sure that everybody can relate to at least one fall slip or trip, you know, so 
keep things off the set, having others carry large items for you. But for smaller items, I mean, it can be as simple as just using a grocery bag or any kind of bag that's not huge, but you might have to make another trip using a bag so you can place it up on each step. So as you go up, you place the bag up the step and then you pick it up at the top before stepping up. You know, you, you want to be able to have your hands on that rail. Just placing it up three steps, taking a few steps up, placing it up three steps, that makes a big difference. And for someone that wants to just take their, their shoes upstairs at night, you know, and putting them in a bag because they always say, oh, I can carry them. And I'm like, nope, put it in a bag. Because if you drop one and you startle yourself, what can happen? So the bag works really well. And then even adding an adhesive stair treads to it just depends on the type of steps. So that would be like our staircase area. Going into the bathroom, that's one of our other bathrooms and kitchens are two of our biggest areas that we look at. So removing those bath rugs that don't have non-skid bottoms. So if they don't have a non-skid bottom, we are like trying to get that out of there right away. And people say, well, I can just hang it up until I use it for the shower. And that's like the last place we want it when you're stepping out of the shower. So we always try to recommend getting that, getting the non-skid bottom. So having the grab bars, you can add grab bars in so many different places. So that again is very detailed and that's something that occupational therapy will help us on where. And then also when we choose those places, the fam, we work with the family on them working with a, a carpenter or who or a plumber, whoever's going to do that work for them because a lot of times we have issues of where the studs are. So um, we start out with where we want them and then we go from there. It is again a process and we're often working with other members of the team. Getting grab bars next to the toilet wall or a, a safety toilet safety rails that can attach to the back of the seat of the toilet, they screw into the toilet. Those are definitely safer. The ones that come down and run to the floor are a little safer than the ones that just sit underneath the toilet seat. So again, that's something, um, it depends on the configuration of the bathroom. I've had to recommend both and we look at that very individually. So getting a raised toilet seat or some people just opt to put in a higher toilet because there's the higher toilets out there. So we go, we look at those things. And then adding that rubber bath mat or adhesive um, non-skid decal to the bottom of the tub. And again, that just depends on the tub surface, but we almost every tub that's put in our shower system has some kind of textured surface, but many times they're still very slippery. So we, a lot of times that can be a challenge because it's hard to get things to stick then to that surface. So we look at that as well on an individual need. When you're walking in the shower, just adding a, a tub or a shower chair along with grab bars for those walk-in showers. A lot of times, you sit down and they're slippery and the soap gets on them and people feel like they're scooting off of them. So we just ask, we just adjust the front legs of the chair to one notch higher and that helps keep a person's hips back in the chair to avoid slipping off. Just something that people find really handy and just adjusting it one notch makes a big difference so you don't feel like you're going to slide off that chair. So removing clutter from the floor. There's those slim three-drawer rolling carts that we've asked people to consider that can be used between a toilet or in a wall or even the vanity. Just so there would, again, it depends on the, config, the configuration, but it reduces that fall of that person bending to pick something up. We've had people place, you know, just a simple 3M hook close by to get their towels or their clothing from there so they don't have to bend and pick things up. Something as simple as using a shower proof versus a washcloth with pump soap. The pump soap goes a long way versus your bar soap where you have to re-soap onto that washcloth. So a person that has to really conserve their energy and has a diagnosis that they need to practice that energy conservation. A shower proof 
you know, the mesh ball that will have the soap and you can make it through your whole shower and you don't have to re-soap and re-rinse the washcloth every time. So you're just making it easier for yourself and saving some of your energy. Uh, using a lightweight um, foam, like non-skid mat outside the shower, those usually stay on the floor pretty well. So they can be easily picked up instead of some of these heavier rugs. So if a person is at risk for bending to pick up their rug or they need to use a device to pick it up, we found that those work really well. We ask people to consider a terry cloth rug or using small bath towels for drying themselves. And again, these are our individuals that it's just, it's tiring to shower sometimes. It can be really tiring and also reasons why people don't want to get in that shower. So using small bath towels is less work of having to manage that large towel or using a terry cloth robe and letting it kind of absorb some of that, that water before getting dressed. And then we, when we're sitting in the shower, then we look up and, oh, all our soap is too high. So we just work on hanging those shower caddies lower. It makes a difference just to bring things down so that person doesn't have to stand up to get the soap back out of the shower caddies hanging over the shower head. Replacing those turn faucets that can be hard with our, especially our patients with a lot of arthritis or any kind of weakness in their hands, just with a lover style, if it's, if it's able and if they're willing to do that, that can make a big difference in the shower as well. So that would be all the areas of the home that I can think of. Well, that is a pretty comprehensive list of all the rooms in someone's home. And as we wrap up here, not much more to cover. But at the beginning of this conversation, you mentioned two things that caught my attention that I just wanted to go over quickly. You mentioned the need to be open to these interventions and then training to use the interventions safely and properly. So can you dive into that a bit more? Why did you mention these two things? Okay, I guess I mentioned those because one of the challenges for therapists in home care is we try to go in and not, I'm not going to do that all on the first visit, obviously. It's, it's very overwhelming. So we try to open, you know, to start with a couple of recommendations at time and really encouraging the person to be open to the interventions, you know, and, and we don't want to overwhelm them. But it's, if you're not open to those interventions and you're not open to being trained and using them or getting them while we're ser- while we're in there for service, it's really difficult for us to make sure that you're going to succeed. So one, if you can be open to the intervention and even something as simple as, okay, we recommend a tub transfer bench over a shower seat so you don't have to step over your tub. But if you're not willing to obtain that and we only, you know, our plan of care is at a certain point and I can't, it's, it, it's just difficult. So that's why I say that. We want to be able to do the most we can in the amount of time that we're with you. Well, another episode chock full of information. Thank you again for being with us, Nicole. If you would like to work with an occupational therapist, start by discussing this with your doctor and ask for the home care staff at Upland Hills Health. It's important to know that you have a choice. So if you want to work with Upland Hills Health, you may call them directly at 608-930-7210. Or you must ask for Upland Hills Health by letting your provider know Upland Hills Health is your preference. You can catch episode one of this series covering the basics of occupational therapy and stay tuned for our next and final conversation on bathing and showering. This has been the Inspire Health Podcast from Upland Hills Health. I'm Caitlin White. Be well.